What are you doing New Year's Eve? It was New Year's Eve, 1989, and my one-month seasonal stint as a performing server on The Spirit of Washington was just about to end. Maybe I would be back in the spring of 1990, or maybe not. It had been a lot of fun, but the commute into the heart of Southwest DC and back home again at all kinds of hours was arduous, and it tended to cut into my school study time as a college sophomore. It would be the first time I ever worked a New Year's Eve party. I had racked up some hours working for a local caterer on the North Shore of Boston a year or so prior as a college freshman, but those were all different types of parties. It was hard work, but the jobs paid well, and it was fun to observe all the guests dressed up in fancy attire and dancing across black and white checkered dance floors constructed just for the event inside someone's home or backyard. My job on the Spirit throughout December of 1989 reminded me of those private coastal soirees. People were generally very dressed up and out celebrating something, a landmark birthday, graduation, engagement, retirement, wedding, etc., and therefore in an overall festive mood. In addition to enjoying the work and meeting new friends, I had earned enough money in just one month to pay my entire spring semester tuition in cash. The New Year's Eve party for that year was advertised extensively. Toast the new year under the stars. Enjoy dinner and live music while seeing the sights of our nation's capital from the Potomac River, etc. The ad alone was a little magical. If memory serves correctly, the dinner, the dinner and party celebration cruise had been sold out for months. Unfortunately, for those who purchased their non-refundable New Year's Eve tickets back in July, the temperatures in the Washington, D.C. area had been extremely low during most of the month of December, and the ship was literally frozen into the dock. It was disappointing for our guests and revelers, but many, if not all, attended anyway for a dockside party. It was disappointing for me. I wanted to see the stars of the new year from the water, and maybe that night would be my only chance. At some point during a break in the evening, I remember being called over by my coworkers to sing happy birthday with them to one of the ship's captains who was not working that night, but had stopped by to say hello from another party going on next door. This would not have been possible had we been out on the river, as there is no stopping by a sailing vessel. We belted out the song, wished him a happy birthday, and went back to our duties of the evening. Despite the disappointment of the frozen river and not being able to set sail that night, it was a truly enjoyable evening, even as our feet hurt and in our exhaustion by the time we cleaned everything up and headed home long after welcoming in the new year at midnight. After weighing my work options in the spring of 1990, I decided to try and return for the next season, having to go through an audition process again. I was delighted to get the job for the full season. It was the beginning of the best college job for three full seasons. The commute was no less desirable, but the compensation and experiences made up for it. For those of you reading this blog post who shared some or all of those experiences with me, you will always be a part of some incredible and happy memories to this day. I am forever thankful that we have been able to stay in touch across the years and the miles. Someday I will write a blog post about those experiences complete with photos of the 90s hair, etc. So stay tuned for that. Sure enough, in the early spring of 1990, it wasn't long before I ran into that nice young man we had celebrated with a happy birthday song back on New Year's Eve. He remembered me and greeted me by name, even as I had to admit I couldn't remember his name. Our first date would be later that spring. As much as I would like to say we lived happily ever after from that moment on, it would actually be four years of on-again, off-again dating before we finally walked down the aisle in 1994, celebrating our wedding reception right there alongside the Potomac River under a beautiful June sunset.
I wish I had some photos from that New Year's Eve in 1989 when we first met. Unfortunately, I do not. However, here we are a decade later, celebrating my husband's birthday on a different boat, but the same river, same river <laughs> having ditched our two young children at the time with a babysitter. Ha. Huh. New Year's Eve, 1999. I'm glad there are some fancy New Year's Eve parties in our history, but for the most part, we enjoy spending New Year's Eve celebrating both the new year and a birthday at home, surrounded by our mostly grown kids who are not that far away in ages to the ages their parents were when we first met. It's quite rare for me to make it all the way to midnight anymore, but I'll make a real effort this year to welcome in 2021. R5. Link to my favorite version of What Are You Doing New Year's Eve. Happy New Year to all.